Tuesday, July 24th. This is a uh, warning. There is a fantasy football nerd alert uh, coming your way right now on this podcast. So if you're not into that, uh, I suggest you go listen to some um, old classics and uh, see you back here tomorrow. I'm paid in full for the Fantasy Football Players Championship as of yesterday because early draft slots are being released uh, on Monday the 30th. So I will know where I pick in the highest stakes uh, tournament that I play in in the fantasy football world. I'm heading to Vegas to um, do this live the uh, first week of September this year where the last handful of years I've done it online. Anyhow, I've been playing around with some um, best ball, low-level FFPC drafts just to kind of get a feel of drafting and what people are thinking and what's what. And my early take is that, um, you know, running backs are going early and often, very early, very often, uh, more so than it has in the last probably handful of years. And what that does is make it ripe season for the zero RB theory, which is one that came to the forefront, you know, three years ago or so, where the idea is let running backs go. Like, don't draft a running back until rounds six or seven or eight and load up on pass catchers, namely wide receiver ones or wide receiver twos on great offenses, people that will catch passes because it's more consistent um, and more efficient, a higher floor. If you have the dominant receivers, you can count on them more than you can the dominant running backs. And with the fragility of uh, the NFL and running backs and specifically, you want to have an anti-fragile lineup. And by doing that, you, you know that chaos is going to occur throughout the year. So you want to be have a lineup that's prepared for that chaos. And a way to do that is by taking running backs towards the end of your draft, just piling on pass catching running backs, backup running backs who have a great way, great chance to emerge as a top 10 guy if their guy in front of them gets hurt. And I don't want to make this episode about zero RB theory. I want to make it about what I'm seeing here on my early looks at the, at the field of the player pool, if you will. Um, I think this year, so anyhow, zero RB is a theory and a strategy that I subscribe to very often and something that I believe in. Uh, I'm more of a pass catcher guy. I believe that wide receiver is almost always the better player when it comes down to it when deciding on a draft pick. Now, it takes balls to do that strategy and go so heavy on pass catchers and kind of let running backs go. A lot of balls. So my early take this year is that it takes even more balls than normal. Because 12 of the first 16 guys off the board in the draft that I'm in right now, this best ball draft that I'm just testing out, were running backs. So they dry up pretty early, and there's clearly, you know, drops off a cliff as you keep moving down the board. So, for example, um, in this league, I'm picking 10th. If I did go 0 RB, I'm coming up on my 7th round pick, 7.10 uh, in about five or six picks from now and looking at the running backs on the board let's assume that this was going to be my rb1 whoever i pick at this pick i assume that if i had six pass catchers in the first six rounds let's call it let's hypothetically call it out let's say in the first round i went i went beckham then i went keenan allen um this is not how i played this one but just let's say it then stefan diggs and josh gordon then i grabbed the tight end let's say evan ingram and then 
um, Golden Tate in the sixth, okay? So I have five really good pass catchers, elite to very good pass catchers, plus a high-end tight end in Evan Ingram, right? So right now at 7-8, I'm going to take two running backs, and that's, these guys are going to be starting for me day one. What I'm looking at on the board right now is Chris Thompson, Jamal Williams, Isaiah Crowell, Marshawn Lynch, who probably won't even make it to me in the next five picks, Duke Johnson, Rex Burkhead, and then you know, then we're talking Giovanni, Giovanni Bernard, who I love but not here. Um, it gets really ugly really, really fast for this part of the draft for running backs, right? So... And let's say that Crowell, who's a good bet here because he's going to get probably 200 touches, 200 carries. Um, let's say he goes before I pick, and like I'm left staring at Duke Johnson as my RB1. Now, that is not a place you want to be, right? However, the theory is, you know, try to get six of the top 15 wide receivers, right? Like load up on, on wide receivers so every single week, even when teams are are on by, you're still throwing out four ridiculous receivers every single week, and that gives you a massive advantage. And then the running backs that I would be looking to get in the next, you know, five, six, seven rounds are Peyton Barber and Matt Breda and Corey Clement and, um, you know, Latavius Murray even, or Doug Martin, guys that might have a role, have some type of floor, but if things break right and chaos ensues, which it will, you then vault that guy into an RB1, and then you have this ridiculously unbeatable squad because you have these these amazing pass catchers, and now you're adding all of a sudden a top 10 RB guy to your mix. Um, in theory, I love it. In practice, when I'm looking at this, it seems, like I said, ton of balls to uh, go in and execute that strategy this year the way it stands right now, but... We shall see what happens. I'm sure I'll change my mind 2,000 times between now and uh, the first week of September, but this is my early take. It is almost August, officially fantasy football time, so start to dig in as I have. And uh, if you have any questions or want to just talk about stuff, I'm always open to have an intelligent football conversation.